welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Welcome. My name is Steve, and I'm a recovering sexaholic. Everybody. My co-leader here is Bernd from Germany. We welcome him, and uh, glad that uh, he's here to join us. Uh, the topic we're going to share on is avoiding uh, dishonesty, uh, resentment, selfishness, and fear. Um, I'm going to start off by asking you if there's anybody here that knows how to avoid that. Because if you do, you need to take my seat. <laughs> uh, I'm going to get, let's see, let's, in the spirit of the fifth tradition, to carry on the message, this session is recorded. The recorder will not be turned off during this session. If you do not want to be recorded but need to share, we encourage you to attend another non-recorded meeting. Please do not touch the recording equipment. If you want to share, come up to the front and sit next to us to use the microphone. Please leave the microphone on the table and don't touch it because it makes noise on the recording. Thank you. Let's begin with a moment of silence for those out there still suffering or unable to attend the meeting, followed by the serenity prayer. Serenity Prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I will not mind be done. Okay, I'm going to... Um, actually, each of us are going to talk a little bit, just share our experience of, of dealing with these four, at least in my mind, major issues. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Bernd and let him get started. And uh, once again, we're glad that uh, he's here to share with us. Okay, thank you very much. And uh, yeah, my name is Bernd. I'm uh, sexaholic in recovery. I my date I became sober was December 21, 2012, and until that time, I had no idea how I could stop this. And to speak about this uh, avoidance of selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, fear, I would put on pride. <laughs> it's a challenge. <laughs> how can I avoid something what is or was part of me? nearly my whole life you know it's is it possible in, in the big book it says some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas and the result was nil until we let go absolutely so there's a really clear direction and i will tell you some of my old ideas the strongest idea is I am a victim. That is my strongest idea, which always lead me to act out. I always has a kind of, because I'm a victim, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this, you know. But the reality was that I'm a perpetrator. That is the truth. And if I'm aware of this, this is really healthy for me. Again and again, Sometimes it plops up that I'm a victim and then I know, no, that is not the truth. So another old idea is I'm good. <laughs> Ask my wife, <laughs> she will tell you something. <laughs> I'm good, just did something, some mistakes. And no, the truth is I'm lying, I'm unfaithful, I'm stealing, I'm do all kind of stuff which Never people would expect who knows me in my office or in my anywhere. You can, they would not expect, even my mother would not expect this when I 
make my ninth step, she was kind of, yeah, she didn't expect it. Uh, another old idea is I want to be accepted. The truth is I don't want accept other, other ideas or other solutions. And still I'm, I like to be accepted. I was just at the GDA and with some stuff, I really had problems, but it's not about me. It's not about that I want to be accepted. It's, I need to accept stuff like it is and like I am. I will do it alone. I will do it on my way. I am strong and etc. That are old ideas and the reality is that I'm fearful even now a little bit, not so much, but I'm still, uh, it's basically I'm often have fears. And in doing the steps and working with my sponsor, I learned a lot how to deal with fear, for acceptance. I will talk later with, later to it. In the big book says, our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like, what happened, and what we are now. So that's a big question. Did I change in my recovery? And I, it's really difficult for me to say or to see this. So in a way, I need my sponsor. Or I need people. For example, when I came here now, I always visit in Nashville people because in Nashville, my recovery starts when I came over from Germany. I came to Nashville. Just I wanted to learn how to work the steps because in Germany, I not, don't find anybody who really could work with me the steps. So in a way, it was good. And then when I came now to, to Nashville and I have talks and I live in the house of a friend and he then always said, Bernd, you changed so, so much or so. And then I don't see it, but I get the response from people who sees me. So in a way, and yeah, I learned a few things which helped me really helped me in my recovery and in my character defects. One I heard this morning in another talk, it's, uh, I needed to learn that I am perfectly imperfect. I liked it very much. <laughs> it's really, I like to be perfect. I cannot change myself. This is, that is really amazing. And I think even today I think I can change myself. I can, if I do the steps right, I will change. You know, but what is right? What is the right way to be, to do the steps? I, I, I don't think, I don't, in the big book it says again and again, without help, it is too much for us. But there is one who has all power, that is, that one is God. May you find him now. So, in a way, there's a question, if I'm self-centered, I will do it alone. I can, I can do it alone. And my experience is I fail and fail and fail if I'm too self-centered. And the moment I give up and stuff didn't work and I take over or give my, my life to God or give my ideas to God, something changed. And I don't can tell you how this works. I just can tell it worked. And in the seventh step prayer, it starts with my creator. I am now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. So that means they must, I, I must own the bad. If I, if I would not own it, how can I give it to my creator? So if I want to be a good boy, a good man or so, what can I give to God then? What can he change? And it's difficult because still I, I long, long for being good or try to hide uh, the bad stuff. So if I'm selfish, in Germany we have a really good prayer. It says, ich mich meiner mir, Gott segne alle vier. Did you understand? No. <laughs> in English it is not so good. It, it says, 
I, my, mine, me, God bless all four. So, you know, it's all about me. So, it is really good always to remember it's not about me. It's really hard for me, but it's basically if I'm going away from, from the I, there comes a solution. With fear, I learned it's a lack of, lack, lack, lack of trust. Lack of trust. So in a way, when fear comes up, I always can look to the side, where's God in? If I would really trust God, would there be a fear? Mostly not. In my case, mostly not. With resentment, it's very easy. <laughs> my sponsor gave me this. <laughs> it's not them. <laughs> And it's really hard. Sometimes I really, with Harvey, I had a long discussion about this and, but I always came to the same solution. It's not them. I would like, I would love that it's not like this, but it is. And with dishonesty and proud, it's basically when I do my, um, yeah, in the, in the evening when I go through the questioning and step 10, uh, step 10, When I'm honest, uh, I can see what, what was going wrong and where, where I was too proud or where I was dishonest. And when I then like to make an amend or I do the amend, then I didn't like to make amends. <laughs> That's, so I have to learn to be honest and I have to be, to learn to be more humble and not, not so proud. And I don't have to make such often amends as I have done in the past. And that's what I have to say at the moment. Thanks. I'm Steve, a recovery sexaholic. I'd like to qualify first. The reason I'm here is because I have masturbated. I have acted out with uh, women. I use lustful fantasy. I'm also addicted to pride and resentment. I use feelings of anger, resentment, fear, and a lust for material things in a vain attempt to medicate my feelings. Uh, when I first uh, got in the program and got some sobriety under my belt, uh, the first of one of these four, um, as it says in the big book, burst forth like, uh, like, like a dam burst, and that's resentment. Uh, I was no longer covering it up with, with my addiction. I was no, no longer covering it up with a drug. And so resentment just wanted to come out in all kinds of ugly ways. Uh, I also knew that uh, because I hit bottom and I was the lowest toad on earth, uh, that I couldn't really afford to be mad at somebody else. I mean, who am I to be mad at somebody else? And so that told me that my resentment was not the other person. It was me. And that's something that I had to come to, to terms with. I didn't necessarily know what to do with the resentment. And just like I did with lust, I said, God, you got to help me with this. I don't know why I'm resentful. Uh, I don't necessarily even need to know why. I just know that the emotion is right here and that I don't want it. Uh, I don't believe I need it, uh, but it is here, and please help me with it. And uh, just like with lust, I can turn it over, and it can be gone. Um, I, too, I found, too, in my way of dealing with things uh, in a not-so-honest way, and that leads to the part of the dishonesty, but it's fear. Uh, the way I acted out on uh, fear was to get angry, and that kind of was tied hand-in-hand hand with resentment. Uh, if, I, if I feared something, I didn't necessarily feel the fear or even recognize the fear. I just knew that I was mad. And uh, uh, so in time, uh, this program taught me that when I do feel angry, there's something there that uh, there's some sort of fear that I'm trying to run from or not wanting to recognize, you know, whatever it is. But it's something that's in me. It's not in the other person. And that kind of took a lot of burden off my shoulders because it's like now at least I have a little bit of control in the sense that I can learn to deal with it. And I don't need the other person to change. As much as I would love for them to change, especially my wife, I don't need for them to change because I can, can work the program on these feelings that I'm feeling that I don't like and, and learn to deal with them in a more healthy way. Uh, dishonesty, that's a, that's a big one. Um, 
I took it for granted that I was dishonest as a, and I knew when I was acting out. I mean, I was fooling everybody. Nobody knew my, my addiction. I kept it hidden for even my best friends didn't know my addiction. The only people that knew were the people I acted out with. So that means that I was dishonest probably at every level of my life. And how do I begin to be honest when I'm dishonest? It's it's something that seemed impossible, and in my case, it is impossible, and that's why I have to go back to my higher power and say, "Okay, God, you got to show me where I'm being dishonest or when I'm being dishonest, so I can at least recognize it, and then learn to deal with it in in the same way I can deal with lust and turn it over, ask for help if I need to talk with the sponsor, uh, if I'm being dishonest with somebody else, I need to to make amends." Uh, but to do it in a healthy, constructive way. So these these four topics here are still a part of my addiction. But I found over time that just like with lust, I can use God in this program to work on every one of them to first of all recognize them when they pop up in my life and then to begin to to deal with them. Am I perfect? I never will be. Uh, uh, there are still times I burst out in, in anger, resentment, uh, fear. Fear I'm beginning to be recognize more and more as for what it is instead of trying to resort to anger immediately. Uh, so, um, you know, this program gives me the tools to work on any character defect I have, and that's the beauty of it. It isn't just the lust. It's every character that I can identify. I can say, God, you know, I need help with this. I, I'm powerless over it in most cases, if not every case. And, um, uh, you know, I learned, I need to learn to, to deal with it in a healthy way or to have an attitude where it doesn't, uh, present itself in the first place. And that's where the, the, the kind of the title of this is to avoid it. Well, if uh, one way I can learn to avoid it is if uh, I have a healthy attitude and a God-centered attitude, I won't have to resent to, to anger, resentment, fear, or uh, selfishness. Um, so uh, I'm finding that in time as I work the program, work the steps on every one of my character defects that I'm aware of, uh, that uh, uh, I, I can begin to learn to avoid it. And, uh, and, and to kind of cut it off at the pass. You know, my history has been taking shortcuts, and that's what led me into addiction. You know, I wanted to find an easier, softer way, and, uh, uh, and I, know where, I know where that got me. So now I'm finding that my, that, uh, my higher power God is uh, challenging me now, and now that I've got some awareness, I'm finding that uh, I'm faced with some, some challenges that bring fear. And I now recognize that fear and say, okay, God, you know, I, this, this scares me. You know, you're asking me to do something. You're asking me to, to say something that, uh, scares me, but I'm going to do what I need to do. And, uh, and with the, uh, the help of the program, the help of my sponsor, uh, uh, that allows me to look at and cha- take challenges and look at them more head on instead of trying to run away and hide from them. And, uh, I'm just very grateful to this program because uh, uh, without this, uh, I know where I'd be, or at least have a pretty good idea where I'd be. And my life now is completely different. My higher power is a part of my daily, almost minute-by-minute life. And if I kind of forget my higher power, he'll, he'll whack me side of the head in, in some form. And that might be one of these ugly uh, uh, four emotions here that uh, kind of no- knocks me side of the head and say, okay, Steve, it's time to stop a minute, look what's going on, recognize it, and then turn it over and ask for help. So, um, you know, I've been in the program a long time, uh, but I'm still faced with the, every one of these four uh, character defects. Uh, but I'm learning in time and time that they're, they're lessening, just like lust is lessening in my life. Uh, still there, but uh, um, I've, I've got something I can, tools I can use to work with them. So I think I'll just we'll go ahead and open it up to sharing. Let's see. Please focus on the top of the meeting. Um, please limit your sharing to the topic. Avoid explicit descriptions or distracting comments and focus on the solution rather than the problem. Please do not share anything that legally would have to be reported to the authorities. Uh, 
And please line up on our left here uh, so we don't have to wait for the next person to come up. Uh, let's see. We It is 2.49. Um, so we've got uh, quite a few minutes. So we can probably three or four minutes to share. Thank you, gentlemen, for your shares. Um, I'm Richard. I'm a sex addict. Um, I really wasn't planning to talk on this subject because I certainly can't claim to have mastered any of the four. But one thing that was mentioned reminded me um, while we were talking about fear. Um, you know, I'm fearful and I fear being known, which... The fear of being known pushes me towards being dishonest or withholding. And on the topic of just needing your sponsor and your group members to know you, um, as well as your spouse, without opening up and being known, I still feel isolated and alone, which makes me fearful. <laughs> and, you know, I just see that being caught in a vicious cycle. So somewhere in a meeting I picked up this old proverb. Um, you know, you think about recovery being a journey, and the proverb is about journeys. And it's, you know, if you want to travel somewhere fast, travel alone. If you want to travel somewhere safely, go with others. And uh, that has helped me to focus on my one-man island is probably not the solution to resolving these issues. Good luck to you all. Thank you. Marty, I'm a grateful sexaholic. Before the meeting, we were talking about um, early recovery with our wives, and uh, I'm glad my sponsor had me talk to him every day. Um, he would have me email him every day because I needed that guidance and direction. I was just, my first year, I was just so wacko, and um, a lot of withdrawal that I didn't understand, but like, my wife was mad at me a lot, and, uh, you know, I'd go whining to my wife, to my sponsor, and he'd like, well, you know, you need to listen to her and not get mad at her. Um, it's like, really? Uh, <laughs> I didn't know that. I was 45 years old. I didn't know that. Um so uh nowadays it's I see my sponsor every Thursday. I, I always take Thursday off and um I go to a noon meeting and I, I usually go out with my sponsor and then I just talk about what's going on and he talks about what's going on with him. But it's nice because I just like throw everything out there, you know, and he might say, Well, wait a minute, come here, we we gotta talk about this, you know, or Am I doing okay? You know, I mean, if I'm doing okay, you'll say you're, you're okay. And, um, it's, it's a way to process stuff, but then it's a way for, and he's taking the time to get to know me and I've taken the time to get to know him. But, um, after I talk, his name's Steve. After I talk to Steve, I feel so good. I mean, I can go home and it's just like, oh, you know. It's like a reward. I did what I'm supposed to do. You know, it, it's a good feeling. That's all I got. Uh, name's Jim Sexholic. Um, resentment is something that I uh, majored in. I was a, a, a expert. And I see it as two two sides of past resentment and future resentment. 
the past resentments are the things that we put on step four, who we resent and, and why. And that's all the things that uh, we can think of that others are responsible for. Did you understand that? Uh, and resentment has a, a cousin, or maybe a twin, which is revenge. Uh, you know, don't get mad, get even. All right. And uh, there's, this is not a quote, but there's a Chinese proverb said something to the effect, before you go out uh, with revenge, dig two, dig two graves, because it's going to hurt you. Um, road rage, uh, you know, is like, who's, anybody ever experienced road rage? <laughs> yeah. All right. And I saw something that really made a difference to me. It said, say, after road rage, he's out there having a party and you're back here having a problem. Duh. Um, and future resentment comes from expectations. And I heard this from another uh, program. But expectations of another are premeditated resentment. Expectations are premeditated resentment. She should change that by now. She should, I'm doing all this and I'm not getting any, you know, reward for it or on, on, on. Expectations are premeditated resentment. And in closing, I think forgiveness uh, is the healing factor in all of these. Because if you really forgive somebody and then you think of them, you have no emotion, you really forgave them. But if you think of them and you still have that same feeling, forgive again. Yeah, well said. Um, my name is Israel. I'm a grateful recovering sexaholic from Muncie, New York. Um, hmm. Uh, yeah, I really liked the previous year. Uh, that was, uh, to the point, wow. I was, um, road rage, uh, for me is where, uh, was my, that was my life, you know? I would drive and I would road, I would rage in my head. I wouldn't, maybe I did a few times, cut people off and stuff. But as I came into recovery, um, I realized that the left lane and the center lane are not really that important places to be. I can't afford to be those places. Um, Avoiding resentment, fear, and all those, I forgot what the other ones were. Um, I I now sit in the right lane. Um, If the speed limit's 65, I cruise at 65. I usually don't have to pass anybody at that speed. Um, And then... You know, in the past, when I'd get to wherever I was going, I'd uh, I'd be I'd have to calm down. I'd have to my my heart would be beating really quick, and I realized as a young driver, I mean, I'm still pretty young, but uh, you know, as a as a new driver, I as soon as I got in behind the wheel, I was doing stupid things that I decided pissed people off, and I would I would just try to get ahead so that I wouldn't they they wouldn't catch up with me and get me back for what I'd done, you know, and and. Uh, and that's my, you know, that's, those are, those are harms I had done to others, running away from the guilt of the things I had done. I mean, these analogies have been in my brain before I even came into the program. I realized I was driving like that because, you know, because in life I would run away from people that I hurt. I wouldn't face, you know, the things I had done, the harms. And, um, you know, in step 10, you know, the, the way, uh, I like what you said about, uh, what's your name? Steve, I like what you said about, um, you know, if I'm working a spiritual program, if I'm working the program, um, that how do I avoid these things? By, you know, for me, if I went to a meeting in the morning, um, or you know, whenever, and uh, you know, in the past 24 hours, and I, I called my sponsor, I made those phone calls, um, you know, I did the step work that I was told to do. So, you know, when my boss says something like, 
um, why you took such a long lunch, you know, and I'll be like, oh, you know, was, uh, I'm sorry, or uh, I'll try to do better next time instead of just uh, resenting, you know, just all those feelings coming up, I'll be able to own up to what I did and say, yeah, you're right, I probably should take a shorter lunch. Um, and he pays me for the lunch, so, you know, it's not like uh, he's taking advantage of me. Um, yeah, so uh, with with driving, I've seen... Uh, no, with working the steps is where I see for myself that my... Um, I guess it's an equilibrium of not having to live in those, uh, with those, um, resentment, fear, pride, and selfishness, um, by taking the actions of the program. Uh, that's what I got. Thanks. I'm going to be Jacob and I'm a sex addict. Um, yeah, about taking lunch. I'm very, very angry at my workers when they take very long lunch. And they don't take it on time. So I'm going to, I, I, I'm, I'm, for me, selfishness and dishonesty is way worse or way harder for me to deal with than resentment and fear. Resentment and fear I feel right away. I just cannot move on with resentment. I can, I'm, my, I become like, I know I got to go to somebody. I, I become like frustrated. I become, um, in a stage of like, I can't move. I can't breathe. Like resentment, I feel fear paralyzes me i feel by the selfishness and dishonesty oh i go well with that i this is who i am i mean from when i was you know whenever early childhood i learned i learned how to manipulate rationalize um you know people please which is also a form of selfishness that those are those are my character assets when i came in i thought i thought the people pleasing and this the dishonesty i came into the rooms my, my name wasn't even jacob my name was david and like my sponsor, three months in the program, my sponsor called one time my wife and he was talking to her and he says, so he said, how is David? And she says, who? She says, she says, she says, she says, what do you mean, David? You know, like I thought like anonymity is the spiritual, fr- you know, what if one day, I, what if one day I want to be the mayor of New York or something, you know? So, so I came in with facade upon facade. I came into the room, they used to say, I don't want to act out. And I used to act out. Then I started saying, I want to act out. And I stopped acting out. You know, it's, it's the, it's the, you know, it's the, the honesty. That's where I, that's my thing. And selfishness, you know. Yeah, that's what I deal with. Thanks. I'm John. I'm a sexaholic. Um, really the one I want to touch on is the dishonesty. Uh, that's the one that hurts the most, I think, and then where I struggle. And, you know, the funny thing about that word, it, that to me almost dishonest sounds like a nice word. Fact is, it's lying. It's liar. It's lies. Uh, I grew up and I pretty quickly learned how to lie as a kid to save my skin. And I, it makes sense to, hey, if that keeps you out of trouble, then just tell a lie. And so uh, that sadly came easy for me. Um, and but that's that's again that's a tough one. Um, when I first learned that I was a sex addict, I was desperate for information. Uh, there was a conference that was advertised actually here in St. Louis. It was geared for uh, counselors of sex addicts. And my wife, who's a counselor, got the flyer. So we're like, we got to go to that. Well, she had to cancel. She couldn't go. So I go as a counselor because it's for counselors. So you know, I'm registering for this, which is kind of crazy. But anyway, I was desperate for the information. But, uh, you know, so I'm sitting in there and listening to these really experts in the field and, and people are, oh, I just can't believe that they would do that. Look at me. I, mean, I can't believe it. It's what I do. <laughs> but, but one thing that, um, that was really, that really stuck with me, uh, one of the speakers said, sex addicts are liars. And, and I, I was really offended at that. I, I mean, I was. It's like, I am not a liar. And, and, you know, then I had to pretty, well, yeah, I guess I am. And his point being that, you know, they're going to lie to you talking to the counselors. They will tell lies. And so at that point, I decided, you know, no matter how hard this is, I'm going to tell the truth, at least I'm a counselor. You know, when I'm seeing my counselor, I'm, I'm just going to be brutally honest. And, and that was very difficult. You know, a lot of shame with the past acting out. But um, I was, and um, it's still sometimes a struggle, but I know that is the, the, the way to heal. So thanks for letting me share. Thank you.
Hi, I'm Andrew. I'm sexaholic. I'm a little bit uh, um, nervous about uh, sharing. Um, I am. Uh, I'm working a step four right now, and uh, my sponsor, you know, in that uh, fourth column, you know, my pardon, and I want to write a short narrative, but he said, no, just put in, you know, selfishness, uh, dishonesty, you know, resentment, fear, and I'm like, you know, can't I like write a narrative? You know, make you know get kind of more to. I don't know. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of uh, restrained uh, there. Um, yeah, dishonesty is is is, is big for me, um, and, and it's dishonesty to myself about how um, bad my addiction is. It really is, and uh, and I've 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 had a lot of relapses over the years, and uh, I'm dishonest to myself thinking that uh, that's an acceptable uh, way to live. Um, without uh, fully uh, surrendering, um, you know, and thoroughly giving myself to this program. Um, I was recently let go from a job, um, not due to acting out at work, but, yeah, due to things like resentment and, and selfishness and uh, not getting along with my boss. I mean, these, these ugly uh, character defects that made me just not pleasant to work with and... You know, now I um, have some time to reflect, reflect on that. Um, grateful for three months sobriety and um, really the opportunity I have now to uh, to really to work this program. Um, like my life depends on it because it does. Um, thanks for letting me share. Hi, everybody. My name is Bob Ford. I'm a real sexaholic. Been sober by the grace of God since October the 16th of 1991, and um, that's miraculous because I can't do that. Avoid is a good word. I don't know how you avoid selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear, but on page 84 of the AA book it says, Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When these crop up, we ask God to remove them at once. We discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we have harmed anyone. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we could help. Love and tolerance of others is our code. Love and tolerance of others is the hardest thing in the world for me to do. Because when you're doing something wrong... It's very difficult for me to love and tolerate you. (laughs) I'm the guy in the right lane going five miles an hour under the speed limit. (laughs) Thank you for being here. Uh, Hi, I'm Michelle, a grateful sexaholic. Um, I have been uh, sexually sober since last October 23rd. Fear has... Um, ran my life. My childhood, I, um, fear, um, stopped me from getting abused. Fear, um, stopped me from expressing myself. Fear stopped me from asking for help. Um, fear held me back from, um, taking responsibility for my own life. When I started to get into this program, I realized that fear held me back from accepting God's grace, that I was not good enough, that everybody else on the planet was um, absolutely um, eligible for God's grace, and I was not. Something was definitely wrong with only me. (laughs) Um, Through this program, I have slowly began to allow my... Um, judgment of what I think God thinks of me and my um, my resentments of myself my resentments of my fears if that makes any sense um, loosen up the firm grip that I have on fear Um, fear is something I've woken up with every day gone to bed with every night Um, thankfully with this program Literally one step at a time and one nanosecond at a time, I'm able to start letting go of that. So um, thanks for all your shares, and I appreciate being here. My name is Paul. I'm a sexaholic. 
I appreciate all the shares and thank you for the leaders. Um, kind of up here for a self selfish reason. I've got a boss that is resentful towards me, and therefore I'm resentful towards him. And and but I'm the subordinate, so I'm going to be the one that pays the price in the battle. Uh, so I have to learn how to change my behavior. Um. Anyway, I look at um, well, the big book says. Before we retire at night, we review our conscience. Where have we been resentful, selfish, dishonest, and afraid? And do we need to discuss something with someone right away? So me and my sponsor have a lot of 1 a.m. conversations. God bless him, because he's got to get up at 5. Uh, <laughs> but um, the good part about this, that is, I, I know... When I have those things, I'm not a sociopath. I have a conscience. I can feel these things. I know when I'm wrong. The, um, the program tells me to pray for those people that I resent. How would I know who to pray for unless I resent them? <laughs> so, um, so it all leads me back to recovery and God and... Uh, and therefore, it's it's all good. Thanks. Hi, Ben. I'm a sexaholic from Dayton, Ohio. Yeah. Um, uh, the need to be honest has been a crucial part of my recovery. Um, I'd been acting out for, for many years, since teenage years, and uh, and uh, for many years uh, while I was married, my wife knew about my acting out, and I would, you know, confess to uh, to her for quite a while and confess to church leaders, et cetera, but still kept going back and never really found recovery. Um, there came a time when I, um, because I was... Uh, I could see that I was hurting my wife so much. I thought, well, maybe if I didn't tell her, that would be better. Uh, of course, uh, that was uh, my addict thinking. Uh, so I lied about it and tried to hide it for uh, a solid six years. Um, thankfully, um, I found uh, I was found out, and um, that was my my first rock bottom. <laughs> um, and I, I've, you know, I had to break all of those false ideas that, you know, to hide is better. I'm not hurting anybody if I don't tell anybody. Um, and, and it was hard for me to realize that, um, even though my wife had told me that, you know. Uh, and so, you know, once... I started being honest and started, you know, ex- you know, coming out with, okay, this is what I had been doing for the past <clears throat> six years. Um, and then it took a while. It took a few months for me to realize that um, I was still hiding things, um, you know, things that I had you know, thought I had quote unquote, you know, forgotten about, Oh yeah, I I forgot about that. But really I was just kind of subconsciously still trying to hide, hide things. But once I really came, uh, I guess came, came clean, so to speak, and and really was a hundred percent honest, uh, in, you know, and and everybody's relationship with their spouse is going to be different as far as what a hundred percent honesty looks like. But for me, um, that's what it looked like is, is explaining everything. And then, um, you know, of course, coming into SA and really working recovery, that, that just, that was the only way I could find real sobriety, um, for, uh, for over two years, um, which was a miracle for me. Um, and, you know, and I've had relapses and, the only way that I can bounce back from relapse um, is by just being honest 
honest with myself, honest with my wife, honest with my group, of course, always my sponsor, et cetera. Um, and so I found that, that that's crucial in my, my recovery. So thanks, Pess. Thank you. Save the best for last, I guess, huh? I'm Wayne. I'm recovering sexaholic uh, from Pennsylvania. Uh, thanks for your shares, guys. Thanks, everyone. Uh, just a couple comments. Um, first of all, I promised myself I'd at least share one time, and here I am. So I'm up here once. Um, road rage. Um, I uh, I had terrible road rage for many years, and somebody told me to put Jesus in the co-pilot. And uh, you don't want to act like an idiot in front of Jesus, so I figured that's what I'm doing. So he uh, he kind of keeps me straight in my road rage. Uh, resentment. Um, working with my sponsor and a lot of my resentments, uh, a lot of with my family members, um, and he, uh, you know, he brought it. He he kind of went full circle with it. And, and what did I expect from sick people? These are sick, unrecovered people that I'm expecting them to treat me right or to, you know, to do, you know, to do the right things. Um, and they're not. They're not recovered people. They're they're in their own addictions. They're in their own things. Their their life is you know attacking them in many different ways. And so, how can I expect them to uh, you know treat me in the right way? So it kind of helped me look at it, uh, you know, take the focus off of them and look at me. Somebody told me a long time ago, resentment with if I have a resentment on someone, it's like me taking the poison pill, expecting them to get sick, uh, and it just doesn't work. So. Um, dishonesty, um, struggled with that all my life. I still struggle with it today. Uh, I'm working on that. Um, uh, I, I made, let me call the big amends. I got a lot of little stuff laying around that I know that I've still been dishonest about that I, that I need to make the amends to because that stuff is starting to eat at me and, and that's not good. So I've got to get rid of that stuff too. So, um, that's about all. Thanks for letting me share. Okay. Um, anything you've heard of this meeting is strictly the opinion of the individual participant. Let's all stand and let's say the uh, seven step prayer. Welcome to join hands. My creator, I am now willing you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my decisions to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go off from here to do your bidding. Amen. You come back, work it, work it, you work it. Sure, thank you. Thank you. Yes, pleasure meeting you. Thank you. Enjoy your time. Are you going to be able to spend any time? One more day. Tour it a little bit. No, I'm on the sleep. Okay. I stay one more night here. Uh huh. Great. That's great that you can make it. Yes. Uh Enjoy your time. Oh, I'd love to get back to Germany. And one of these days I will. Yes. All my, all my ancestors, except for one, are all German. <laughs> Great job, guys. Thanks for sharing your shares. Yeah, thanks, for, thanks for sharing as well. It's a challenge, isn't it? It is. But, you know, if it's easy, they already have done it. Uh-huh. 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 I'm 
for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve. Bye.